5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. time um yeah i mean i'm i'm all excited obviously for every bowl game because you know it is i mean we don't have too many college football games left and then when you see kentucky louisville on the docket tonight and that's always such a great college basketball game uh i'm always always excited to watch those two teams play i mean there there's one rivalry where the word hate is used and it's not uh hyperbole Yeah, I love it, the talent on the floor. I think Kentucky wins. I mean, just coming off a big win against Carolina, these these guys are just going to get better and better. But it is tricky. You're going on the road. Kentucky has won a lot in Louisville. So it's not like it's an unfamiliar place, but it is for some of these players. Some of these players, they've never played there before. And I'm I'm excited. A little tournament going on, I think, in Connecticut, Auburn, and Oklahoma. We're going to find out. You know, is this Auburn team getting better? I mean, are they are they good against the smaller teams? How are they playing against the bigger name programs? I'm not saying Oklahoma's good, but I mean, went over Oklahoma on the resume. UConn goes a long way when the committee starts looking at, at teams you played against. I'm not sure if they're going to have a couple of their suspended players starters back, but but Wiley, the kid down low. We'll see how he does in his second game back. I look for Auburn to beat Oklahoma, Jonathan. I think they, they shoot the ball well tonight and, and beat Oklahoma. From what I've seen Oklahoma this year, they're not that great. But, anyway, I just that's the game I'm watching. Two unranked teams. So, I'm sure a lot of people won't be watching it, but that'll be one that I'll watch after the Louisville-Kentucky game. But I'm not missing that one. So, are you ready for some football, of course not. You ready? Yeah. Oh, come on. Am I ready for football? All right. Well, we, we've had some games we've talked about. Tulsa, what did they play? Was it last night they played Tulsa? Or was it, yeah, no, it was uh, Monday night they played Tulsa since Michigan. Mm-hmm. Tulsa just laid the wood 55-10. to 10. Western Kentucky looked good last night, beating Memphis 51-31. That's some, some exciting games. The over is looking better in some of these games. The over was 77.5 in the Memphis-Western Kentucky game. They got 82. It was 65, the over-under in Tulsa Central Michigan. Jonathan, how did they hit 65? I mean, how do you put an over-under and hit it nail it perfect in a bowl game like this? It's just crazy. Well, and it's fun. It's funny because for the majority of the week, that total was between 67 and 69, um, and it just dropped on game day. 
and um, who was it? Uh, Tulsa was inside the five uh, with, you know, less than three minutes to go and took three kneel downs instead of trying to score again. Uh, I guess that's the luxury of being up 45 in a bowl game. But at the same point in time, you know, if you had the over at, like, 67, you were accustomed to screaming and all shades of aggravated. What game was it? Where Was it the Western Kentucky game where they went to a victory formation and they ran a play out of it? Or what, what game was that? Yeah, la- uh, last night uh, before halftime, um, they, uh, <laughs> they lined up like they were going to take a kneel down and um, the quarterback busts loose on the right-hand side. Everybody starts going that way. He doesn't realize that uh, one of the upbacks has it, and he, he broke off. I want to say it was like 40, 50 yards on that run. And and that that really was the play where at that point you're like, yeah, this is not Memphis's night. Western Kentucky came ready to play. Uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was a fun game. Uh, you know, definitely a, uh, a fun game. You know, like I said, enjoy these smaller school games. You're going to see a little more points. Uh, you're going to see some really fun, creative stuff because you'll see, you know, you see more trick plays out of the smaller schools. Um, and it, it, it's just really enjoyable, especially West Kentucky, considering that that was the first time that the guy calling the plays for them, that was the first time he had, ever, he had called plays at Western Kentucky. Uh, so it was really cool for him that that's his, um, you know, for your first game, your team puts up 55 points. Well, uh, you might know what you're doing. Yeah. Did you did you hear Iowa's basketball team? I watched uh, the, uh, the replay. The coach wouldn't shake hands with North Dakota after the game because they were up by 11, Iowa was, late in the game. And the kid from North Dakota came and stole the ball away from Iowa, and the coach got mad and told his team to get in the locker room. I mean, this McCaffrey dude's a jerk, man, for Iowa. Did you see the way he acted? Have you got a chance to look at that? Yeah, I I saw the video, um, and look, if it had just been, you know, know, if if they just given the basket, let's say, uh, you know, North Dakota inbounds, it drives down scores, whatever, they beat the buzzer, it's fine. Um, the bigger issue their coach had with it was I was holding on to the ball, just dribbling it out. You know, they're up, they're up by 11. Like, the game's over. There's three seconds left. Um, and they're just going to dribble it out. And the kid just, I mean, he, he ripped it out of the guy's hand. And if you look at it, he actually <laughs> could have gotten called for a foul or two. Um, but he he rips out of his hand and then goes to attempt the shot, and they don't even get the shot off in time. So all it did was, you know, you, you, if I'm I was coaching, I'm looking at going, what a jackass. And I'm looking at North Dakota's coach, and I go, you're coaching jackasses. Um, and may, maybe you did a handshake really? line so you could at least talk to the coach, but I think it's just better off to go, you know what? We're at our home stadium. We're we're, we're done. We're in our locker room. Y'all y'all can just get up out of here. Like we're turning the lights or off. Or you're coaching, or you're coaching to the whistles. You're playing to the end of the game early in the season. I kind of liked the move. I mean, it was like you know we're down eleven. Let's we're not giving up. Let's just keep fighting. And I kind of liked it. I, I was coached to me. Seems like some arrogant prick. He got his ball stolen from him, and he was pissed off, and so he was going home. Well, so, I got a question anyway, then. I, mean, I got a question uh, then. 
remember Bucks were playing the Giants coach uh Greg Schiano was coaching the Bucks. And the Giants knelt went for a kneel down and the Bucks rushed them. Um and everybody blasted the Bucks in the media over it. It's poor sportsmanship. And granted, it was a seven-point game. Um, you know, it's poor sportsmanship. You know, when a, when a team goes for a kneel down, you don't do that. And a lot of people bash Shiano. And I was like, well, if it wasn't a seven-point game, I could understand. But it's a seven-point game. You force a fumble there, you get the ball back with 30 seconds left. You know, I mean, how, how do you, how do you feel about that situation then? Yeah, because if you if you're if you're going to be against like McCaffrey it. for what he did, you know, I like that. I, I say play through because of of really when the ball snapped. Now, if you see the quarterback's knee go into the ground with the ball, then you ease up, right? I mean, you got to be aware that. But if that quarterback makes any kind of move, any kind of hesitation, you knock the piss out of him. You knock the the man in front of you gets hit. I'm sorry. There's no victory formation. You snap the ball, somebody's getting knocked in the dirt. I have no problem with that whatsoever. You better just keep your guards up. And um, so, see, you thought I was going to go the opposite way. See, I got you on that. But, <laughs> but again, but again, I'm going. But I'm going with this this Northern Iowa this Northern Iowa team, whoever it was. What was it? Was it Northern Iowa or North Dakota? No, Iowa. You. Uh, North Dakota was playing. North Dakota was playing, playing to the buzzer, man. I mean, keep playing ball. They were only down eleven. I know they couldn't have won, but as a coach, had you just let him just not do anything, to me, that's you're quitting. So screw Iowa and screw McCaffrey and screw all of them. That's, that's <laughs> my point of view, but. Hey, you know, that's just that's just the way my mind works. I like it. I like some aggression, man. Come on now, let's go. Speaking of aggression, Monday night I was off. Uh watching Carolina were. play. Watching Carolina play. Cam Newton gets and after I watched it several more times, I realized that defender didn't really mean to do what he did. It was the way Cam mm-hmm. split and the time he did. But, you know, the flag, again, the flag comes out, and the flag is because Cam tossed the ball at him. I mean, instead of protecting a quarterback, should have been a penalty at the time, yes, but after watching it several times and then watching it in fast motion, these officials only get one chance to make it right, Jonathan. They they get one chance. But to me, that was it wasn't as bad as I thought at first. But once I went back and watched it in slow motion, I realized that that defender – really had no choice but to hit Cam the way he did. And I don't think he tried to hurt him. But, again, another game Cam Newton gets beat up. But, again, Washington with a choke job at home on Monday Night Football. For some reason, they can't win at home on Monday Night Football. What did you think of Cam Newton's performance? He looked it looked like they got some uh, kind of swagger back to him after he got hit. Like he got pissed off and said, I'm going to throw for 300 yards and 65% on you. Yeah, I mean, Cam had a good day for the most part. I mean, you know, he missed a couple of throws, but nobody's perfect. Uh, Ted Ginn dropped a sure touchdown. Hey, you know, you know, Ted Ginn's always good for that. Um, on that play, when I watched it live, I said that's not that's that's not a penalty. Um, I felt yeah, the defender didn't really have a choice because if he lets up there and Cam doesn't slide, he looks like an idiot. So you keep going, Cam. You know the timing just happened to be wrong. 
Um, my problem with the play was Cam knows better. He knows he can't do it. He's on everybody's radar because he's been whining. Uh, for for a lack of better, you know, you want to call it complaining, whatever you want to call it, you know, about how he doesn't get flags. So refs are, you know, will eyeball him at every, just like Odell Beckham. They will eyeball him. Um, That's wrong. That's wrong. And, well, you know, don't do something stupid, and they won't look at you. Um, and oh, Cam toss the ball underhanded. I mean, come on. You can't do that. It doesn't matter. You can't do that. It's what it, it, you you have to understand. You have to know if you're Cam Newton that you you can't doesn't you cannot throw a football at an opposing player. You can't do it. It's taunting all day, every day. You can't. You you. It's in the rules. You can't do it. I don't care what it. the he intention was. He handed it to him. It slipped out of his hand. He tossed the ball at him on purpose. He he intentionally tossed the ball at him, and it was a show-up of, you can hit me, but I'm going to get back up before you do. It, it was a taunt. There's no doubt about that. It was well within the rules. The rest of the throw the flag because you can't do it. Yeah, actually, what he told the guy is, you know, I'm going to say this, so forgive my language if you're out there listening, and what he told that player was, that's a bullshit Bush League pussy play, you MF. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. He got the ball in his face. Like, here, bitch. Here's the ball. I don't I don't mind it. I don't care if I throw the ball overhanded at I, I, but you know, my, my thing with Cam is, you know, you can't do that, and you did. You can't do that. You can't be that dumb. That is a lack of judgment. Jameis Winston headbutts the Cowboys. That was that, that was such a weird looking headbutt. But he headbutted the Cowboy defender and got the flag. And what did you, the, the first reaction was? Ah, oh, damn it! You can't do that, Jameis. This isn't the schoolyard. You know, there are certain – you just – you can't do it. You know it. And I think that's why the headbutt from Jameis was weird because about halfway through doing it, he had that moment in his head where he was like, oh, what am I doing? Whack. But, you know, you can't do it. Now, back to the game. Washington, 1-17 on Monday night since 1998. So if they're playing on Monday night, but against them. Um, their defense actually didn't play terrible. Uh, the Redskins' defense, it, it was a lot of bend, don't break, uh, but obviously not their best performance. Offensively, though, that was a disaster. Cousins was missing throws left and right. He had a, a horrific night. Um, you know, and there's not a lot of positives for the Redskins here. I feel like their offensive line got beat up. They couldn't really establish the running game. Uh, you know, Cousins never really tried the secondary, which was a weak point, uh, and we all know it. Uh, you know, it has been all year. So, uh, you know, thank you, Carolina. I asked for the help, and you gave. I'm going to ask you again this week to help out. And then week 17, don't show up. Just just forfeit that game. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, I'll send you a nice basket. Carolina keeps winning. You just never know what can happen. They may, I mean, I doubt it, but they could slip in there. You never know what can happen in football this time of year. They've done it before. It's not like Carolina hasn't come from behind and won several in a row. The problem is Atlanta is sealed the division really right now, right? They've already sealed the, are, are sealed. They're, they're nine and five, Carolina six and eight. They play this week. Um, I don't know if Tampa loses out and Carolina wins out. Carolina could be in the playoffs. 
I mean, Carolina needs a lot of help because the Packers are eight and six. Uh, you know, the Bucks are eight and six. The Redskins are you know seven six and one. Um, you know, so Carolina can't win the division. The best thing they can hope for is the six seed at this point because the Giants pretty much have the five seed like uh, locked up. Um, you know, look at the Lions. The Lions are what eight and six, nine and five. Um, so the Panthers would need a lot of help to get into the playoffs. I I don't think um, everybody's going to lose. They don't deserve to be a playoff team, but but I'll tell you what what stands out is the fact that they're still playing football, even being out of the playoffs, really. And I appreciate that they came to play football. Yes, they've had some injuries and they haven't played great football but you know what their goal now is to ruin your season to ruin anybody's season they can get their hands on and I think you know coming off a short week Saturday against Atlanta in Carolina you'd think Carolina could win that game but the way the Falcons are playing right now I just don't know if Carolina can beat them at this point I don't know if they want it enough you know Atlanta wants this game but who ended Carolina's perfect season last year? Atlanta. Yeah, you think Carol? I think Carolina wants this game. Um, I do. I think Carolina wants this game, and uh, I, um, I I don't know how much I trust Atlanta outside of a dome. I really don't. Uh, you know, so I I, I like Carolina. Um, Carolina's chances this week. I think, uh, you know, especially if Keekley comes back, which if I was Carolina, I would have IR'd him already. Um, you know, sorry, we're, we're not playing for a playoff spot in all reality. I, I'd rather you take the time off and be healthy. Um, so if, if you know, especially since I mean that was a pretty bad concussion. So if you you know, but if you're Carolina, you're playing for something this week. There's no doubt about that. You still mathematically have a shot for the playoff spot. You have a chance to put a damp on Atlanta season, um, and you have a chance to get revenge against the team that ended your perfect season last year. I, I think Carolina's got a lot of motivation for this week. A lot more than I think some people actually believe they do. Yeah, let's see how the short week plays out for them. It's a short, short week. It's uh, it's kind of you know you play Monday night and then you're back Saturday. It's not too bad. It's it's kind of like a Thursday night game if you're playing, but uh, maybe that'll be beneficial to Carolina. I'd like to see Luke Keekley on the field, but I don't think we'll see him again this year. But let's uh, let's talk about some things going on in the world of college football right now. Over this past week, we started noticing a trend, Jonathan. These divas coming out, we may be on different pages, and that's fine. We may see it different. Mm-hmm. But these players deciding not to play their bowl game, to me, is a bunch of crap. Um, and maybe they think the bowl doesn't mean anything because it's not the playoff. Like Saban said, see, putting a playoff in place devalued the bowl games. Now nobody really cares about anything but the playoff, which I disagree. Because, I mean, unless you're a fan of that team in the playoff, you – you care about your team in a bowl game, but I don't like the fact that Fournette, McCafferty, all these guys are sitting out the bowl game. They owe that university one more game, their teammates one more game. They they got a scholarship to play there. What do you think about these guys sitting out these bowl games? I, I think it's piss poor. You look at Auburn, Montrevious Adams, and Carl Lawson. 
They said, "Hell no, we're not sitting out. We're playing the game. We're going to win. We're going to we're going to leave their legacy, you know, good with Auburn." So, what do you think about these pops playing football? Well, let me start off by saying that if I was uh, Fournette and McCaffrey, a I'd come back from a senior season. B I'd play in the bowl game. Um, uh, let me let me just put that out there. Uh, now, with that being said, do I understand why they don't want to play? Why they're not playing? Yes, I do. These guys have a chance to be first-round picks, make a lot of money, um, and, and they don't want to have a Jalen Smith moment. You know, for those of you that remember Jalen Smith, the linebacker from Notre Dame, extremely talented, was projected to go in the top ten, and blood his knee. Um, against Ohio State on a dirty play, in all honesty, um, and fell in the second round and still hasn't played this year. Um, so, you know, players are looking out for their best interest in that standpoint, and that's okay. And if, if I was if I was the coach at LSU or Stanford, and Fournette McCaffrey walk in and say, Coach, we don't want to play the bowl game because, you know, we, we're looking out for NFL interest. My response is, all right, cool, bye. Like, see ya. It was fun. Go do your thing. We'll talk again. Uh, you know, when you come back on campus, uh, when you come back on campus, you know, call and text me whenever you want. We'll chat. That's cool. And then I call the kids that are behind them on the depth chart and say, "Be ready. Y'all are playing. You know, that, you call the backup and go. You're starting, son. You know, you might you might not be ready, but you better get ready. Uh, and this is a great chance for me to see what I have at that position going into next year. Whereas yeah. beforehand, it's give McCaffrey the ball, give Fournette the ball, let them play, and the kid doesn't really get uh, a chance to really shine for me. Uh, so I mean, that that's how I look at it. You know, it's I'm 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 okay. I know the bowl committees are upset with it because it takes away a marquee player. I mean, if you're you know the uh, whatever bowl game LSU. Well, well, the bowl committee for each individual bowl. You know, each bowl has their own committee. Um, and you know, if you know, whatever bowl game Louisville LSU is, I can't remember what that game is anymore. But you were hyping as Lamar Jackson as Leonard Fournette, and now you can't do that. Now it's Lamar Jackson as LSU. You know, if you were, I think the Sun Bowl is the Stanford North Carolina one. Uh, it's no longer okay. So you know, it's no longer so. McCaffrey against Trubisky. Now it's just Stanford, North Carolina. So uh, I, I know they're upset from that standpoint, yeah. but you're still the, the fans are still going to show up. The fans of those schools will still show up. Well, here's my problem, and this is I'm looking at it through NFL owner eyes here. And that game, by the way, the Citrus Bowl. LSU a three and a half point favorite New Year's Eve at 11 a.m. Eastern. So just to put that out there before the playoff games get started, um, I'm an owner of an NFL team, and we we know running backs are not a you know they're not drafted as high as they used to be. McCaffrey sucks. First of all, I'm gonna say that he sucks. He's always gonna suck, and he's never gonna make it in the NFL. So we'll put that out there. Yes, he should come back this senior season. Four net. If I'm an NFL owner, this guy, what do you want when you bring somebody in? You want somebody that that'll lay it, lay their guts on the line at any cost. They're not selfish. They're going to come in and unite and form a good bond with your team. Fournette's not that guy. Fournette's all about Fournette. Fournette doesn't care about anybody but himself. Just like the time when they played Florida, 
he run his jaws and they got in a fight and he goes out and puts his pads on. He wasn't even going to play. He could have played. He was being selfish then. He's being selfish now. If I'm a person drafting, I'm not, I don't want the guy. Hell with him. Get him out of here. Nobody wants him. Uh, that's the way I look at him. McCafferty, what, what's what's his deal? I mean, like, he's going to make it anyway. Do you think he's a first-round pick? The guy shouldn't even be drafted. The guy's my size, and he's not that good. He had a good season well, last year. What has he done this year? What has he done this year besides not a damn thing? Can you name me something he's done this year? I haven't even heard his name mentioned in the highlights. Uh, if you look at it statistically, he's actually had a decent year. Uh, pretty sure he actually loved the Pac-12 in rushing. Um, oh, well, McCaffrey, well, I mean, considering you got, you know, teams like USC uh, that's, that's and like, Oregon. That's like, that's like saying, well, that's like saying he led the Big 12 in tackling. Who gives a damn? They don't, nobody tackle anyway. Well, I mean, McCaffrey's going to be a uh, late, he's going to be a late first, uh, mid second round pick. Uh, they're going teams are going to use him like they used Aaron Sproles and like the Saints used Reggie Bush, uh, towards the back end of his stay where he's going to get carries. There's no doubt about that, but you definitely want to utilize him in the open field. He's got good hands. He's shifty. Um, you know, he's got that quick twitch ability. Um, you know, you get, you get him in open space, and no defender really wants to get him in open space. Uh, so, I mean, that's something. He's a player that's definitely uh, become an asset in the NFL nowadays. So, I think I think he there is a market for him. I think he will be drafted high. Um, you know, and so I, I don't think he stops. I don't, I don't stops. think I just, in the top two rounds he will. I don't, I don't think he'll be drafted in the top two rounds. I disagree. Hey. He may. I mean, they played North Carolina in their bowl game. Maybe that's why he's sitting out the Sun Bowl. I don't know, but I just didn't expect somebody like him to do it. But we'll see how this affects their draft status and stock. I, I'm serious. I I don't think he's that great of a player, honestly. People were talking about him for Heisman last year. I mean, it's easy to do that in a league when nobody plays defense. When there's not a team that can tackle anybody and you you have some big numbers. I mean, yeah, congratulations, but let's see you do it on Sunday against real competition. I just, I, Fournette will be drafted before him, and I and I think oh, his, yeah. his stock just – I just think his stock took a hit too just because of that. But it's going to start a trend. Other people are starting to do it too, and all of a sudden people are going to be sitting out. These bowl committees are going to be sitting here, and they're going to punish these teams in the future for this. If you've got a high-profile athlete on your team, and they're going pro, and they're not in that, and they're not in the final four, I guarantee you, they're going to start penalizing. Like for instance, next year LSU, just that they've got one of these players, and they it's between LSU and Tennessee to see who goes to the New Year Six Bowl. I guarantee you, Tennessee may be selected or something over an LSU or another bowl game. The the Citrus may not select LSU. They may select Tennessee, and and LSU end up, you know, in the Charlotte Bowl, Belt Bowl, or something. Can you hold that against the school, though? Yeah, because I mean, you got to hold it against somebody. <laughs> you can't hold I guess it against the player anymore. Yeah, you can't hold it against the player anymore. But I mean, your player did this before, and we're not going to let it happen again. For Auburn, for instance, I mean, Montrevious Adams, he could easily say, 
you know, I'm not playing in this game. Granted, it is a sugar bowl, for God's sake. I wonder if they if they would change it if they were playing in a lower. You say Auburn made the outback bowl. I think so. Do you so. think Adams and Lawson would be playing? Uh, maybe, because that's still some, as somewhat of a prestigious bowl. In all honesty, playing in the Outback Bowl to me is still it's it's still a big bowl game. It's a New Year's Bowl. I, I mean, let me put it this way: if Stanford if Stanford if LSU's in the playoff, obviously I both Fournette and McCaffrey are playing. Uh, if they're playing in one of the New Year's Six bowls, I think they're playing. Um, well, Fournette maybe not. McCaffrey probably. If it wasn't the Sun Bowl, I think McCaffrey would be playing. If they were in a bigger bowl game. Um, as far as Fournette, uh, I mean, it might have be only the playoff he would have played. And you know, uh, let, let's be honest. Let's 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 call it what it is. Um, Fournette's been looking to go pro for essentially two years now. Um, and, and you know, they're like, well, these guys have no avenue to go pro. Well, that's 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 crap. That's a bunch of lies. Um, if a guy wants to go make cash and play football. Go join uh, a semi-pro league. I mean, seriously, go join a semi-pro league. Um, you know, just like in the NBA, so some of these high schoolers go to China for a year, go make you know make money, and then you know enter the draft. Brandon Jennings did it, and he's like, oh, got drafted high. Uh, so you know, if you if a guy wants to go get paid uh, to play. Uh, you know, let's go get paid cash, let's say, to go play football uh, until he's draft eligible. Go play semi-pro. Don't, uh, don't, don't waste my time um, with, um, with the whole, well, you know, we should be allowed to go pro after being a freshman or a sophomore. No, you went to college. You committed to this. So, come on, let's, let's be real for a minute. Yeah. Well, I just, I just think the trend's going to, Get worse next year. So this year we have five doing it. Next year maybe fifty. You know it's gonna. It's, it's just to me it's it's sad. Let's see what Mark Rick said about it. Um, Mark Rick said he thinks it's sad. I just said that. I didn't read his. I said that before I read his. So. Um, well, hold on now. Running back. Mark Mark Rick tends to forget that he skipped out on a national championship game in 2000, so he could go get take over his head coaching position uh, a week early. So I, I don't I don't care what Mark Rick got to say, because he did the same damn thing to Florida State. He he left well, them. I'm telling you, well, I'm gonna tell you what he's gonna say just because you don't want me to. He says I think it's sad personally. He said football is the greatest team sport there is, and I think until the season is over, you should be with your team, really and truly. You can take out whether I want a guy to stay to help us win and all that. Football is the greatest game. It's the greatest game because it's a team game. Everybody is counting on each other. Alabama coach Nick Saban said college football has brought this problem upon itself. We created this trend, Saban said today. I said as soon as we had a playoff, we were – going to minimize the importance of all the other bowl games. I'm not saying whether it's good or bad is kind of what it is. I don't know where all it's, where all this is going, but I don't think it's going to change. It, is it good? Probably not, but you can't blame the kids. It's a product of what we created. Saban also said that you can't avoid injuries. He says, I don't coach football afraid that people are going to get hurt. Injuries are part of the game. Injuries are part of every sport. Tennis players get hurt. Tiger Woods gets hurt. I don't think you can live your life concerned about when you're an athlete when you're going to when you're trying to create value for yourself, I would tell the, every guy 
that you benefit more from going and playing really well than by not playing. If you play really well, that enhances your value. And that's exactly right. Fournette, the number one prospect on Todd Mashave's board for the 2017 NFL draft. He's been hampered by an injury. Now he's about 85 to 90%. McCaffrey has a disability policy that would pay him $5 million tax-free if he became injured and unable to play. He also has a $3 million loss of value policy and can start collecting if an injury caused him to slip past the 40th pick. So mm-hmm. both of them have done plenty for their team and program. That's what they're saying. And, I, you know, Mark Rick saying that, that is kind of hypocritical. Like you said, he, he leaves to go to Georgia and leaves Florida State there. He should have stayed with his team, right? Asked him to do. That's exactly what Bobby asked him to do. So, Mark, Mark Rick, I want to hear a damn thing you got to say now. That Nick Saban's got a <laughs> – Nick Saban's got a point, but here's the issue. Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey can't increase their value any more than what it is. Um, Fournette, let's call it what it is. Fournette's going to be compared to Adrian Peterson for his entirety of his career. Um, the, the, you, know, we're talking, you know, the size, the ability, the hype, um, and the injury history. Because both are a little injury prone. Let's 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 you know let's say what it is now you know Fournette also there's no guarantee he's gonna be 100 percent healthy by the bowl game that ankle's been bothering him all year so that's another thing where you know if a guy's still you know still fighting with an injury you don't want to push him McCaffrey the same thing McCaffrey's dealt with injuries all season he missed a couple games uh, due due to some injuries so you know both these guys have you know they're they're, they're looking at it going. Well, we've dealt with injuries. Do we really want to risk it again? And then I, I, I under, I understand that. Uh, but you know, Saban's got a point. If you're a second or third round prospect, you damn well better play, because that's a chance for you to try and get to the first round. That's a chance for you to go from, you know, uh, let's say a million your rookie year to five. That's a huge jump. Uh, you know, that goes from a four-year contract to a five-year contract with that fifth year being the option where, you know, you're making 10-plus million. So, yeah, I mean, definitely you should play. Uh, I just I, I just look at those two and think that. Hmm? Miles Garrett's project, projected number two overall when he's playing, and he's not 100%. He said it's just money, he said. You know, well, it's it's a preference thing. Everybody's different. You know that. I mean, you know, Miles My, Garrett's going to play, and he's going to make a point to say, well, I'm playing and Fournette isn't. And, and don't think he's not saying that looking at scouts going, hey, you know, looking at GM saying, you should pick me over him because, look, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. Look how much better of a person I am than this guy. Of course Fournette was going to play. Come on. Shock Linwood is not playing in his bowl game. For Baylor, he's not a top prospect. Granted, they've kind of phased him out of the team because he got into the fight with the running backs coach, I believe it was, uh, about a month ago. Uh, but, you know, he's not playing in this game, and nobody cares. Nobody cares if Shaq Lillman isn't playing uh, because he he's not projected to be a first-round pick or a second-round pick. People care because it's Fournette McCaffrey. You know, I mean, they, they asked Jimbo about Dalvin Cook, and he's like – 
Bruni Tonga, Dalvin's going to play. And the thought that Dalvin might not play seems ludicrous. Uh, you know, I mean, and for Dalvin, it's, for you know, I'm playing in Miami for Florida State for the last time, you know, playing in my home, sta- in my home stadium. So, obviously, there's motivation there. But, you know, it's it's all about preference. It's all about what these guys are looking at and what they've dealt with as far as injuries and things of that nature. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't hold it against them. I really don't, you know. To to me, it's it's to each their own. I I we we get to see what the next guy is next year, so we have a better scouting report going in. Well, let's let's we can't forget about Joe Mixon from Oklahoma. He's coming out talking now, Jonathan. He said that he said that that woman that punched him felt like a dude hit him. He said. So imagine if she hit him and he felt like that. Imagine when I hit him, what what would happen? But. Just want to read something about this Joe Mixon guy. Uh, it's funny. Remember the other night when I told you Bob Stoops blocked me on Twitter? Remember I told you that? Yeah. Well, on the five on the five bomb show a couple of days later, I think it was Tuesday or whatever it was. They were somebody was calling in for five bomb and he was talking about uh, the character of Bob Stoops. He's going around blocking all these people from Twitter that questioned him. So I wasn't the only one. I felt like I got that whole thing started. So. They pat myself mm-hmm. off on the back. But but here's here's Mixon or Joe here's Mixon's comment. He said, um, the gay dude, he called me something, Mixon said in the video. He was like slur. So when I was like, You messed up and then I called him a slur and after that the girl, she dropped her purse, that's when she came in my face, pushed me and then my glasses came off and then I then like I had like jumped at her like to watch out. I mean, and this guy not talking complete sentences, but felt like. Mm-hmm. And then she came in my face. I put my head down, and she swung on me. Nixon also claims Walter slapped, felt like a dude hit me. I was so shocked because she hit me so hard, felt like a dude hit me. And after that, my face went boom. My reaction was just right there. According to the testimonials, both parties agreed the altercation happened outside Pickleman's Cafe in July. So exactly who started it remains ahead. Uh, he said, she said, difference. Either way, Mixon followed Molitor in the restaurant where the conversation ensued. We had no problem with her. Just being disrespectful, Mixon said. Surveillance video showed Mixon and Molitor exchanging words with Molitor's feet facing away from Mixon. At this point, presumably, when Mixon and, Mixon and Molitor's friend exchanged slurs, Molitor's pushed Mixon. Mixon then retaliated by making a threatening lunging motion toward Molitor, who responded by slapping Mixon. Mixon punched her, who fell to the ground. He quickly left the establishment quickly. Hell, he ran like a bat out of hell. He ran quickly. He said, I just felt like I was what I got myself into, and then once I left, I mean, I felt bad, even though she hit me and it hurt. I mean, it was just like the fact that you know you know, me being out of character and you know putting myself – I mean, this guy I can't even speak. You got slapped by a girl, and you're talking about it being like a dude. Come on, man. Get get out of here. I know you're on the Joe Mixon bandwagon, Jonathan, but I don't agree in hitting women. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I know you're a Florida State fan. I don't know if y'all believe in violence and hurting women, but I, I can't be with Joe Mixon in this one right now. I'm sorry. I can't be. I saw the hit, man. I've been hit harder than that coming out of the shower. You know. Come on, son. Did, did, did that feel like a dude hit him, really? You saw the video. I mean, it felt like a dude hit him. What kind I of dude think, hit me? 
I'm gonna say I didn't even think that was a goal. I didn't think it was a full slap when I saw it. I thought it was essentially a push um, with her hands. The way the way it looked, I was like, okay, so she like touched him. Uh, but you know, like I said uh, last show, look, ain't nobody should right. be laying hands you on anybody. Right. You are right about that, though. You, I agree 100. percent that there's no woman should slap a man either. I agree with you 100 percent on that. By the way, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, and you know, the whole, you know, and I, I will toss around the argument of if if women want equality, well, today mm. <laughs> I, I mean I shouldn't have to go any further, but I guess I'll spell it out for some of these idiots out there. Um, if if a man lays a hands on another man, another man hits him. It's I. Right. So if a woman lays a man on a hand, the hand lays his hands on him. It should be I. All right, let, let's 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 just call it what it is. You want equality? Well, there's equality. Uh, no matter who's wrong first, whoever retaliates, they're well within the realm. But anyways, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I, I, again, like I said, I, I still don't think he should have hit her. Um, I, you know, not, I don't think he should have, I think, I think, you know, you, you, you try and restrain her is what you do until one of her friends checks her ass, essentially. Um, I, the whole situation is just dumb. Welcome to the world of uh, stupid-ass college kids. And people wonder why I don't hang around um, my campus once the, once my classes are done. It's because of stupidity like this. Um, and so, you know, I, I saw Soup said today that, uh, you know, he's maybe the, you know, looking back on it now, the punishment probably didn't fit the crime as far as the suspension. And I was like, oh, geez, you think? I mean, this is the first time, that, you know, you've kind of come out and said, oops. Um, but you still have him on your roster, and you're still going to start him or, you know, at least feature him in well, the Bowl. So how – Oh no! Everybody wants a piece of Oklahoma now. Now that videos come out, everybody wants a piece of Oklahoma, and you know Mixon's gonna get targeted in that game. Don't think that that's that's not gonna happen. Uh, and I, the I just, officials are gonna allow it, and the officials will allow him to be cheap shotted. You watch. Oh well, 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 we'll see about that. Um, but you know, it's kind of like Sonny said uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know, with the whole this happened in 2014. At some point, we just got to be like, oh, it happened. Let's 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 just move forward here. I mean, this happened. He, you know, they they went through the trial. He got his punishment. Um, they're in a civil suit right now. Him and the girl, uh, Mixon and uh, they go what was their last Imolita or whatever. Uh, they're 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 in the middle of a civil suit. Um. You know, so at some point we just have to sit there and go, all right, well, it happened. Let's let's just move forward because there's other things happening right now that probably deserve some attention. Like, I don't know, Rutgers got handed a uh, notice of uh, allegations this week, so they cheated and sucked. They, they, so how bad do you have to be to cheat and still suck? And then North Carolina got handed more allegations this week. Um, so, I mean, at what point, A, does the NCAA finally look at North Carolina and say, okay, you're done. Like, we're done with this. Death penalty, boom, completely. You have no sports. We're done. All your players go everywhere else. No, we're not. But, like, come on. And then for Rutgers, it's kind of like, really? Like, how bad do you – you cheat. You were cheating. Got caught. And then we look at it and go, 
Are you going to punch that? Did you punish yourself? Because you can't win. You're terrible. I mean, come on. Jonathan, I mean, it's North Carolina cheats and everything, but you're right. Rutgers, the fact that you can't win on the field and you're cheating, you might as well go ahead and just give it up. Just hang it up. Hang your sports up. Don't worry about it anymore. Just quit. Because if you cheat and you still can't win the game or two, you got some problems. Hey, for the next two minutes, will you take over real quick? Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Rutgers have, like, impermissible contacts and impermissible and all that other uh, funky stuff. But, I mean, I'm just looking at it going, what, I mean, what are you, what are you doing? How are you gonna how are you gonna try and cheat off the field and then cheat off the field and you can't win. You're an unsuccessful program. You're garbage. I mean just complete garbage. And you know, and I, I honestly at the you know, I've tried to support North Carolina athletics throughout my life, uh, just because I've had friends and family who uh who have been North Carolina fans. So I've always kind of half heartedly been like, Yay, go Carolina uh, as long as they're not affecting Florida State, I guess we're okay. But uh, I mean, at this point, I death penalty them. Look, how 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 long and how many times are we gonna allow them to to break the rules? And how many times are you gonna catch them breaking the rules and, and, and doing these things before we just sit there and go, you know what? No more, no more. You're done for a year. I mean, when when do we SMU them? Um, is really what I want to know because at this point I feel like it should happen. You know, none of this take you know none of this ticky tack stuff where you can't go to bowl games or you're on probation or no 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 no. I mean, just wipe them off the planet. That they game over. Um, you know, I mean, if you want to go as far as to say North Carolina games can't be broadcast, well then you're punishing the other school. All right, so all right, well North Carolina can't go to bowl games. All right, done. You know that that's a punishment in its own right. Um, you know you're on probation. Don't do nothing else. All right, cool. Uh, so you're essentially you know you're telling them you can't cheat during this time. So their program is probably going to suffer some. Uh, you're going to take away scholarships. I think that's a bad idea because taking away the scholarship from North Carolina means you're taking away scholarships from from kid from other players, other kids, because it's, it creates a domino effect. So you know, and I know wiping out the you know shutting down the athletics department does the same thing. Um, but you you got to do something with this school. I don't know whether it's you, you find them into oblivion. Um, I don't know if if, if it's uh, you know, you, you you essentially just sit on them. I don't know what you can do at this point with them. I really don't. Um, you know, because I, I hate the idea of, you know, 25 kids a year not being able to go to a Division One school or a Division Two school um, or even play D3 football because there's just no room for them. I hate the idea of that. But North Carolina has to be punished in some way that that affects the university. And at this point, I think the only way you can do that is finding the school a, a, a large amount um, to where, you know, with the, you know, obviously with, with the stipulation, you can't cut your athletic funding, you can't cut your scholarships, you know, and tell them, you know, you can't play in a bowl game until you pay this off. Um, you know, or, or something of that nature. Because, you know, if you take away the bowl game, yeah, you're punishing the kids on that team, but I think you allow an open transfer window and you, you know, you tell the, you know, North Carolina, hey, you know, if you're, if you're going to that school, 
you know, this is what you're looking into, and maybe you're only getting, you know, D2 talent, or, you know, you're essentially, you become like a JUCO factory of kids who don't really care to play in bowl games. They're just, you know, they just need a place to showcase talent for, you know, a year or two. Uh, maybe that's what North Carolina becomes, but you got to do something with these guys. You have to, because, you know, the, the school has just gone away for too long doing shady stuff. And they keep getting away with it. There's no con- there's no consequences to it. Let's bring on on Quinn and get his thoughts. Quinn, welcome to the show, man. Hello. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Come on, man. Speak with, some, speak with some. Speak with some energy, man. The whole North Carolina thing, I just find fu- find funny because. Notre Dame got hammered more than North Carolina has in the past with doing the exact same thing, but involving a lot more sports. That I just would like some consistency out of the NCAA because one school can do the same thing as the other, and the punishment yep. is completely different. Yeah, and Penn State and should be I, shut down right now. They shouldn't be playing in the New Year's Six Bowl. They should be shut down. And I think the bigger the school is, the more they try and make an example out of. So, I mean, in my eyes, Notre Dame's a bigger, bigger school and means more to most people than North Carolina. So they're going to punish them more than they would another school. And I just think they have to be consistent. Well, you also have to look at repeat offenders. I mean, a school like Notre Dame, this isn't their first – go around with doing uh, shady things. So, you know, yeah. it, it might have been 20 years, but the NCAA is going to sit there and go, hmm, so you thought we weren't looking again, did you? Psych, we got you. Stop doing it. Really, this is getting old. Um, as far as the Penn State thing goes, I, you know, like I said with North Carolina, I, I don't like shutting down football programs because you're taking away scholarships from kids. From you know they can't go D one, so then they gotta go D two, and those D two kids now gotta go D three, and those D three kids now gotta go NAIA. You know, I mean, there, there's kids out there that lose uh, these oppor- lose opportunities uh, educationally because now you have kids in NAIA that can't go because they got no roster spots, so they they're not going to school. Um, so I mean, and also well, you state, you I rape kids. I don't look at that as 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 something against the football. It was an it was a football coach, but it didn't involve players. Well, one coach did the act, so uh, there were a lot of coaches who didn't. I guess a lot, a couple, however you want to put it. There were coaches who didn't say anything or. You know, in in certain cases, they said something to their superiors, and their superiors sat on their hands, and that's why Penn State has a whole new uh, administration at the top. Let's not forget that, that the athletic director and the school president are both notified uh, of said allegations against Sandusky, and both just sat on their hands. Uh, You know, everybody wants to throw it back on Paterno, and Paterno went to his boss and said, you deal with this, i got a team to coach. So... And like, and I get why people think that's terrible. Whatever. I don't. I really don't care to get into this debate. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's different. It's different. 
with that situation because it had nothing to do with what was going on that could affect what was going on in the field. Whereas at North Carolina, we're talking about kids who were given a free pass so they can remain eligible and play. And that to me, that's cheating. At Penn State, it wasn't cheating. It was just extremely heinous. It was unethical. It was a criminal act more than it was breaking rules. This was like a I guess I get your point. Kids shouldn't be punished, but I'll just say, yeah, you're right. There, there's a chain reaction that goes with it. It's like a domino effect. You're right. See, that's why I got you on the show, Jonathan. You bring out the the best in me. You know, you you make me think. You know, you make me see the big picture. You you wouldn't want me as a judge in a trial. I'd be like, Gil, get the f out of my courtroom. You're done. Live. <laughs> We're going to hang you right now. We're going to hang you right now in the damn courtroom. Everybody gather around. <laughs> but, uh, but Quinn, Quinn, back to Notre Dame, there's there's two cheating programs in the world of college football, and both of them are your teams, Auburn and Notre Dame. They've been hit with more sanctions than any two teams, haven't they? I know Auburn's up there. I don't think Notre Dame quite is. I know Auburn's up there. So. Auburn, Auburn paid. Auburn cheated so much in the eighties. It was it was a running joke almost. I mean, they were all these players getting money, and I mean, it was it was just so crazy. And that people blasting Terry Bowden because when Terry Bowden did come to Auburn, it was true that that one of the coaches gave him a black book and said, "Here, this is a list of the players getting paid." And Terry Bowden said, "Pay them off. Stop it right now." And let's move on. That really happened, and I know a lot of Auburn fans won't admit that, but I have proof that that happened. I have proof, but I love Auburn, so I'm not going to say much about them, you know, negative. But I mean, it is what it is. Auburn was paying players like crazy back in the day when they were trying to get get up to Alabama standards. Jonathan, that's what it was. Pat Dye wanted to beat Alabama, and the way to beat them was to to beat them at their own game. And I, you know, Bear Bryant cheated back then. Man, my God. And all those, I mean, they were they were the number one cheaters. But Auburn had to had to cheat to stay up with them, didn't they? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the vicious circle that college football is. So, Team A cheats oh. becomes really good. So Team B cheats. So Team C cheats. So Team D, you know, it creates its own domino effect. I mean, I, I've heard the the Auburn story um, about the black book before. Uh, there was actually a piece written about it uh, and why Terry Bowden wasn't going to be long for Auburn, uh, essentially, is what the piece was, um, looking back on his tenure at Auburn. And it was the whole – he was handed a black book by assistant and said, this is what we're doing. And he said, yeah. no, we're, we got to stop this. Um, you know, yeah, and, was, and it is what it is. He was sleeping with co-eds. He was sleeping with co-eds in time at Auburn, too, so he can't really say much well, about cheating. I mean, well, here, 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 here you go. Here's the question, right? Because this is a question of, I guess, your morals and ethics more, more than anything. But if everybody else around you is cheating, is it wrong for you to cheat? Because that's essentially what college football yeah. is. Yes, yeah, still wrong. Still cheating, right? <sighs> Right, but you know, I mean, it's that story of everybody jumps off the bridge with you, and it's like, well, no, but no, because I'm because I'm not stupid, and I'm not gonna die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, but if, if, if you're the head coach, though, 
if everybody's cheating and you're not and you're losing, and we're talking about your livelihood yeah. now, because if you're losing, you're yeah. going to get fired. So what do you do? How do you fix that? That's that's why a lot of coaches do it because, I mean, let's face it. You know, used to coaches had five years or so to turn a program around as long as they were showing signs of improving. Now it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you've been here. It's your second year. We're hiring you. You know, well, damn, I should have paid player A, B, and C, and they wouldn't be at Ole Miss right now. And we, I would still have a job, and my kid would be in private school. Now I'm having to pull them out and put mm-hmm. them into public school. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still not right to cheat, though. It's a necessity to stay alive, so, you know, in college well, and football, but it doesn't make it right. Right, and that's why your best coaches are ones where you can look at it and go, I know they're not cheating. I, I mean, you know, pe- people bash Iowa for the contract they gave Kurt Ferentz, right? But if you think about it, Kurt Ferentz runs an extremely clean program Wins eight to ten games, let's say. Uh, uh, you know, every three years he's gonna have a really good year. So at Iowa, you're like, you know what? We're never gonna get in trouble. We bring in good kids, so there's no trouble on campus, and we have some success. It's kind of worth it, you know. Whereas you look at at, at, at other schools, and you're sitting there going, is it really worth it? Is it really, truly worth it to win that one national title just so we can be put on probation and then suck for the next 10 years because we can't get a head coach because we're a dirty program? Quinn, go ahead. Yeah, I just – well, for me, I just think if – I just think, like, if you're not getting caught, then, like – if you're not getting caught, then what does it matter? Because then really the people that matter really don't know about it. The NCAA doesn't know about it. So it's pretty much if you so feel like the it's reward outweighs the character. Sure, but, I mean, but a lot of these coaches put that aside to win games to keep their jobs. I mean, it's like when you would see them well, attack the when it, school. When if, you meet it, a, if you meet a beautiful woman and you know that you have a one, if you're married and you have a chance to be with her, nobody's going to find out but the two of you. Do you sleep with her? No. What kind of person are you? What, what kind of person are you when nobody's looking? That's the key to life. But I sure but. cheated on tests. I sure done that. You, you did? Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> I, I used to I used to hand out the answers to tests. I would uh, I was the facilitator, if you will. I've never cheated on a test, never. You are such a liar! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Uh, one time in AP history, I got a zero for cheating, and honestly. I didn't cheat. And, you know, my grades in that class were anywhere from an 85 to 100. That was my test scores. I actually made a 70 on this test and flunked it because uh, the subject teacher said I was talking during the test. And so I, made, I didn't even study. Made a 70, bad grade. Got called in the, the next day. The teacher told me he gave me a zero. So my average in that class was like a 30 at the time. 
But yes, I have cheated on a test, and everybody has. If anybody says they haven't, probably is valedictorian of their class, probably that kind of person. But hey, you know, you play the sports, you didn't get back home till eleven thirty at night on that bus. You got a test the next day. I'm sitting by the smartest girl in class. That's what I'm doing, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my binoculars out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write the answers on the bottom of my shoes, or I'm gonna do have a piece of paper somewhere. Not saying I did it a lot, but there's a couple of times you have to. If not, what are the consequences, Jonathan, for making an F on that test versus cheating and making a B, and you'll you'll never use it again in your life, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I've actually cheated from the aspect of looking at somebody else's test. Um, I, I will, I will say that because usually I believe I am the smartest guy in the room, <laughs> or I at least, I at least academically, I believe that when it comes to a test, I've prepared myself enough to where I don't need to look for outside help more often than not. Um, but I, I have handed out answers before. I have been a facilitator of uh, of bad judgment and bad behavior. Um, I have led people down paths uh, <laughs> that, that did not uh, that, that you know the light would not shine upon. But uh, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it's kind of the whole. It's it's two a.m. You're sitting at a red light, and there's nobody around. Do you run it? And that, that, yeah. that, that's a that's that's the test of usually somebody's character and judgment. And I'm the guy who's going to sit there and wait for it to turn green, even if it takes a minute, just because you know there's that off chance. Whereas you know a lot of people are like, forget it, feel like a stop sign and go. Uh, you know that, that that that's a huge test to me. You know, it's something like that. Or you know, obviously there's always uh, you know you could try and set somebody up to see if they would if they would fall for it. And I always find those to be extremely misleading. Um, they usually don't hold up in, in in trials if that tells you anything. So you know, I mean, the the ethics of of cheating and everything, it just depends on on how filthy you're willing to get. Like Lou Holtz. Yeah, he's a dirty bastard, isn't he? Every school he left was put on probation for something. Every single one. They all got in trouble. Yeah, You're like, glue, come I on. The, I love the fist fight in the Clemson, South Carolina game. He was over crying about it, and they didn't get to go to a bowl. His old team got in a fist fight. And the dad got uh, football I remember that. on the field. Um, Bobby <laughs> Williamson. Bobby Williamson. <laughs> Bob, Bobby Williamson, dude. who sacked South Carolina's quarterback, was standing over him for too long, according to the offensive lineman. And the offensive lineman from South Carolina hit Bobby. And Bobby lost it. It's, it's very easy to spot Bobby in all this because he's the only one who lost his helmet. And the announcer was sitting there on who's the guy that took off the helmet. Bobby didn't take off his helmet. Bobby got his helmet taken off. <laughs> and I remember that because I know Bobby. I, I've known him for a while. He was, he good, he was a good, uh, good friend of mine for a little while uh, before he joined the SWAT team and we, we kind of drifted apart. Um, but, yeah, I, I've gotten – I got a great first story. Uh, the first person story from that brawl, and he goes, it started and it didn't stop, and I just remember sitting at the end of the day going, what just happened and why did my head hurt? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, what it sums up Lou to me is they had a picture of him at the Republican National Convention, like holding a bottle of like Jack or some kind of liquor. And that he had the bottle of Crown, up. okay? Yeah, let's, let's, bottle let's, of Crown. Because he had the satin bag. I have a bag of Crown Royal, by the way. I love those bags, and it's because I keep my change in them. Yeah, but that pretty much sums him up. He's crazy. <laughs> if you want to be happy for a day, eat a steak. That's my favorite Lou Holtz quote. <laughs> Lou Holtz. Right now, speaking of eating a steak, I mean, if people people don't appreciate what's on TV right now in December. we got football. You've got to watch that. But to be able to watch Kentucky, North Carolina Saturday, to be able to watch tonight Louisville, Kentucky, I mean, these are two top ten teams going at it right here. Like Jonathan said, you talk about hate. The fans hate each other. The players hate each other. The coaches hate each other. And I'm interested to see what Malik Monk does tonight after dropping, what, 45 the other day on North Carolina. This, this Louisville team is good, but I don't think they're near as talented as is this Kentucky team, Jonathan? They're both ten and one. Uh, I just think Kentucky is just way too athletic for this team. I think Louisville may be up early in the game, maybe first half. But I think Kentucky may blow them out tonight. Point spread to pick them. So you pick, well, Jonathan. Who wins? Me. I think Kentucky's more talented, so I'm going to give them the edge. Uh, and I think at the end of the game they can pull this one out. But I'm interested to see how the how Kentucky's team, especially Malik Monk, is going to handle this, the Louisville defense. Because there's one thing Patino's great at. He he's a great defensive scheme. Uh, always was a great defensive scheme at Louisville. And I'm really interested to see how Kentucky handles that. Uh, I think this is going to be. A good game uh, should be tight, uh, and you know, late in the second half, Kentucky might be able to pull away, win by you know seven points in that area at the end, just because uh, you know they're so much more talented. But you know, this Louisville team will hang around because of their great coaching, and you know, if they get Kentucky flustered, they can win this game. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The defense Louisville plays can get you real flustered being a freshman, and they put a lot of pressure on you. Kentucky had the ball first, didn't even pass it, shot up a three, missed it. Louisville got a rebound right here, missed their first shot. Louisville for three, missed it. I mean, it looks like both teams are a little tight right now. But uh, you're right. One thing, when I played basketball, I was a very good shooter. I'm not five-star talent by no means, but I was a good basketball player. But one thing I hated more than anything was somebody to pressure me the entire game. I hated it. I didn't mind pressuring you the entire game. But I hated a little pesky bug on me the whole entire game, mirroring everywhere I went, touching me, bumping me all the time. It does frustrate and uh, be interesting to see. That's how Louisville likes to play. They like to shoot three-pointers, and they like to press mm-hmm. off the three. So so we'll see. I mean, I like Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky fan because Auburn sucked for so long that I had to find a team that I really liked. I like, but now Auburn's good again. So I'm going to have to pull for Auburn and Kentucky. I'm going to be like Quinn. I'm going to have two teams. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so sorry for you guys. No, Notre Dame's a pretty good team. They they lost to both the two really good teams they faced, but uh, 
That Purdue game was winnable, and they just couldn't pull it off. And they kept it. And then they kept, yeah, well, both games they had first half. They were leading Villanova going into halftime, and then they had a big lead against Purdue, so they just got to figure that out. Notre, Dame's usually, Notre Dame usually is play, plays their best at the end of the season, and Mike Bray, I think, is one of the more underrated coaches in college basketball, so I think Notre Dame by March should be pretty good. I just wish they had more size. I think Auburn will be too. I think think they finally got the missing piece of their puzzle. If they they can get the two players arrested back, they were arrested. Are they coming back when tonight, or have you heard anything on that? I haven't. Okay. Well, they need the two starters back. That'd be very important uh, to get those guys back, especially with the five-star you just got back at 6'11". Kentucky – just got fouled. They're up four to three. It's going to be an entertaining game, to say the least. So watch it. If you if you love college basketball, this is a gift. This is a Christmas present, right? That's what mm-hmm. you call this—a Christmas present. So well, well, it's funny because I mean, I'm used to this game well, being around New Year's, so it's kind of nice to get it, you know, right uh, this week. It's usually the week after New Year's, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's nice to see it, but uh, I'd like to see them again in the tournament. That's that's what we we mm-hmm. had. remember. It was a couple of years ago where Kentucky and Louisville played. It was the Elite Eight, I believe, to see who made it to the Final Four, and what a game that was. Yeah, th- this one's yeah. always fun. Yeah, especially with his guys. Something or was that? I think it was Louisville or it was Indiana. I can't remember which one it was. They played so many times. But uh, anyway, any any good bowl games this week we got going on tonight? BYU Wyoming tomorrow, Idaho, Colorado State. Then we take we go into Friday. We got three games that mean really nothing besides the Bahamas Bowl, the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl. I'll be very <laughs> interested in that one. Then we get a little break after Christmas. You get three games. You get two SEC games that day, and then. It starts rolling after the 27th. You got Minnesota, Washington State. Jonathan, how bad is Minnesota going to lose to Washington State? Big. Oh my God! Thirty, po- uh, 30 points, maybe. I, I it's funny. I I grabbed it at seven and a half. I grabbed Washington State laying seven and a half. And after the boycott, they took it down and they put the line back up. It's at ten and a half now, so I'm feeling okay right about now. <laughs> Oh, I would be too. I would be too. That's, and I think it's going to go up. I think it should go up. Um, just losing ten players like that. But the way Washington State can score, I don't think Minnesota's used to that kind of speed every week to play that kind of game. And they can't simulate it in practice. I mean, Washington State they play fast game, fast tempo. They hurry up. They throw a lot. How many Big Ten teams do that? That they see. I mean. They don't see that. That's a bad matchup. Right. That's why you got to look for bad bad matchups in these bowl games. And it's kind of like Baylor and Boise State in a way is a bad matchup, don't you think? I mean, I think Boise is a better football team, and and their style. Their Baylor's not going to be able to do anything against Boise, I don't think. 
Badly, Baylor even cares about this game the way their season's gone. Uh, yeah, I think Boise State for Boise State this is a big game because they're playing again. They're playing a Power Five opponent. Um, you know, a big you know, Big Twelve school in Baylor who was you know they thought was going to be you know looked like they were going to have a a good year and it became a, oh my goodness what a train wreck this became. Uh, kind of season, but um, you know, I think this game means more uh, to Baylor. Uh, I mean, to Boise State. I think you know them laying. I grabbed it at seven. I see seven and a half right now. I, I still think that's a gift. I think, um, I think both night games on the twenty seventh are going to be blowouts. I, I really do. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be ugly. I'm I'm still interested in that. In the game, A and M Kansas State. Why is that line so low for? Why is Why is A and M only favored three points? I know Speedy Noel's not going to play. That came out today, but that line was like that before. How does Kansas State match up with A and M? Really, Kansas State's not that good of a team, are they? Well, I mean, the one thing about Kansas State that I can say about them every year is that they're extremely well coached. Uh, you know they're going to play hard. They're going to slow the game way down, and they're they're just going to grind at you. I mean, they they have the talent to where they shouldn't be completely outmatched on the field. Um, and I, you know, it's Bill Snyder, such a magician that the Kansas State's usually good in bowl games. Um, you know, and, and looking at it from A and M, you're not sure what you're going to get offensively, especially now the Speedy's not playing, uh, and defensively, their their defensive line is is good. The back seven's just kind of there. Like, you know, their, their, their job is to not let guys burn them for 50-yard touchdowns, essentially. Um, so I think Kansas State can hang around in this one. I think, you know, there, there's a chance. I'm staying away from this game from a gambling standpoint. Um, you know, because Kansas State's yeah. offense, if they're rolling, they're going to put up 40-some-odd points. Yeah, except that M Quinn against LSU, they couldn't stop LSU. And if you can't stop LSU at home, then who can you stop, really? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Who's phone's that making all that racket? We're playing Bowen. in the background. That's your phone, Quinn? I said that's not my phone because I was hearing it earlier before you let me on, so. It's like Jonathan's over here going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had the microphone too close. My bad. Oh, it's all right. That's okay. Hey, I'm still interested though in the Arkansas Virginia Tech game. I don't, I don't see Virginia Tech beating Arkansas. I think you know you look at, at what Arkansas has what kind of team they have, what kind of coach they have. I just think they have a lot of pride. And I know they lost to Missouri at the end of the season. That's probably making people afraid of them and the way Virginia Tech played against Clemson. I just think Arkansas is a better football team, Jonathan, than Virginia Tech. I've got to take the seven and the money line in this game. Uh, Well, I think Virginia Tech has a better defense. And – you know, I look at it, I think the offenses are about even. I don't think Arkansas is going to have – I don't think they're going to have success running the football. I don't think they're going to have a phenomenal day throwing the ball, but Austin Allen's obviously a very good quarterback. They've had success throwing the ball this year. Uh, but I think Tech can get after them. I like Virginia Tech to win this game. I, I just think overall that they're a better team right now. Um 
you know, and if you've watched Arkansas this year, they're just they're consistently inconsistent. Because <laughs> yeah, they they well they lost by fifty three to Auburn. They beat Ole Miss. They lost that. Did they lose? Yeah, they lost to LSU. They they beat. Uh, I think they beat TCU on the road to start. They have been inconsistent, but I think that that comes with the youth, and I think it comes with injuries, and I think it comes with the younger quarterback. But Virginia Tech, what do they have to play for, really? What is Virginia pride. Tech playing for right now? It's a lot of pride. I mean, I mean, here's one thing with Arkansas, right? So they they opened the year three and zero. They beat Louisiana Tech by one. Beat TCU in double overtime. Smashed Texas State. Lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. I mean, they've alternated to, to end the year. You know, you lose by 21, you win by, 30, by 42. You lose by 19, you win by 4. You lose by 53, you win by 21. You lose by 28, you win by 16, you lose by 4. And, like, so many of losses are just you – know, you lost to Missouri. I mean, damn, that's bad, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas, <laughs> I, you know, I look at Virginia Tech – a, Virginia Tech's ranked. B, they play Clemson really, really, really tight. So this is a team that says, you know what, we probably should be in the Orange Bowl. Uh, so we got to show out, you know. Uh, you know. I mean, they lost at, they lost to Tennessee. You lose the, lost the loss of the Syracuse yeah. and Georgia Tech are ridiculous. But I think Tech's playing for pride. I think they're the better team. I th- you know, they're, they're trying to show out. They're trying to show up, especially considering the rivalry between the SEC and the ACC. Yeah, I think Arkansas beats him, Quinn. Who do you like in this one? I like like Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech's the better team. And dare I say, I think Fuente might – I think in years to come, it'll be proven that Fuente, I think, might be a better coach than Bielema. So I feel he (laughs) might be able to get his guys more prepared also. Yeah, Bielema is worried about eating. That's all he cares about. And he's got a baby on the way. Yeah, he's got a baby on the way, so he's got he's distracted. I know well, all he also that. cares about blackjack. Uh, <laughs> Would have never picked up his wife yeah. if not for blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> he looked down and saw the ace king and saw her. He's like, damn, I'm, I'm a winner, winner, chicken dinner on this one. <laughs> but Colorado, Oklahoma State. That's going to be a exciting game. I just Colorado is a pretty good team, but the way they played in that against Washington, I lost a lot of respect for them. But they did have their quarterback hurt; he wasn't a hundred percent. But I kind of like Colorado in this game because defense. I don't think Oklahoma State has one. They don't know what that means. So <laughs> at least Colorado, I think, has a good enough defense to win this football game. It, there will be some points scored. But I think in this game, there'll be a time or two Colorado makes a big stop and separates themselves a little bit. It'll be a close game, Jonathan, but Colorado represents the Pac-12 well and, and takes on the, home the trophy of the Valero Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I think we got a good matchup in the Alamo Bowl once again. Uh, just per, looking over quick stats, you know, Oklahoma State throws the ball a lot. Oklahoma is more balanced. I mean, Colorado is more balanced on offense. I think Colorado is going to have success running the ball against Oklahoma State, who gives up 204 yards rushing a game. I think they're going to have some success pa- success passing the yards. 
uh, passing the ball against Oklahoma State, who gives up 252 a game. Um, you know, I think Colorado wins this game. It's going to be a good game. You know, the the Buffaloes, they're they're for real, y'all. They, I think they are. They they just, it was just not their for night real. against Washington. For real, for real. Well, let's talk two games before we leave tonight. I want to make sure we talk these two. We're going to talk Auburn, Oklahoma, Florida State, Michigan. So let's start with Auburn, Oklahoma. The line's already dropped down to three, guys. The line, you know, it opened at six. And I think news of Auburn being healthy again, what I'm hearing around the practices and this Auburn team, Quinn, is going to be fast. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be – clicking on all cylinders. That's what you're hoping. That's what you're thinking is going to happen. Yeah. And I think one thing forgotten in this game is Auburn's defense. I just don't think you realize how good it is. Oklahoma hasn't played one of those this year. And, yeah, they put up good numbers in the Big 12. They are a good offense. But I think Auburn will create turnovers off their pass rush. And I I just don't see Oklahoma being able to stop them. I don't think I don't think Oklahoma is able to stop Auburn's offense, Quinn, at all. They can run and throw with a healthy Sean White. You've got Carrion Johnson 100% for the first time since Mississippi State. Petway healthy for the first time since Vanderbilt. you got your fullback, Chandler Cox, healthy. I mean, the offensive line's healthy. I mean, how's Oklahoma going to stop them? Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's what I have been thinking. Yeah, I don't know how Oklahoma will be able to stop Auburn. I mean, my biggest concern is just the Auburn defense and how they'll do against the Oklahoma offense. Really, that's my biggest concern. I'm not too worried about Oklahoma's defense. I'm not concerned about their offense, to be honest with you, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma uh, has, I mean, obviously they recruit well. They have some weapons on offense. Um you know, you know, it amazes me. I'm looking at uh, at this. Oklahoma's almost given up twice as many points as Auburn this year. Auburn gave up 187. Oklahoma gave up 356. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's stupendous. And you look at you compare it. So Auburn has the number 37 offense overall. They're 112th passing, uh, sixth rushing. Oklahoma, 89 defense, 118th passing. So Auburn's offense uh, should uh, have some success throwing the ball in Oklahoma. And they're 112. Think about that. Um, mm-hmm. for, and Oklahoma is 54th against the run. Yeah, Auburn will run on them. And you look at the defense, right? Auburn has a number 20 defense, uh, Oklahoma number three offense. Auburn is 64th against the pass, Oklahoma's 11th. Auburn 21st against the run, Oklahoma 21st. So, Oklahoma, I think, will have some success. Uh, I think, you know, they're going to score, uh, you know, somewhere in the 20s. But I think Auburn's going to open up a can of whoop on them. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, Auburn eclipse their season average at 278 yards rushing. I think they're actually going to bust over 300. Um, I think Sean White's going to have a nice day uh, tossing the ball around. I think he'll uh, hit north of 200 uh, yards uh, strictly on play action at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. boy, oh, boy, boy, oh, boy. I-, I see a hurting coming for Oklahoma. I really, really, really do. I do, too. And it's like when Sean White gets in that rhythm, 
of being able to throw those passes across the middle or whatever he's throwing, well, those guys are going to be wide open because most of Oklahoma's team is going to be worried about stopping the run, which could lead to some big plays through the air. And let's not forget John Franklin in the picture in this game. I don't know how many plays he's going to play, how fast he is, just mixing him up in packages, trying to get him to stay next year. It's what Malzahn will try to do. But, I mean, this, this Auburn offense is is scary, guys. I mean, just think about the, the Arkansas game, the Mississippi State game, the Ole Miss game, when people are healthy. And then all of a sudden when your best two players get hurt, kind of things come to a crashing halt when you're playing – SEC defense is the caliber of Georgia and Alabama. It can, it can, it can go south quickly, and I just, I just can see in this game, Auburn scoring as many times as they want to. And I think what people forget, yeah, Oklahoma's pretty. They running down the field throwing the ball deep. Auburn's got some damn good corners as well and safeties. But let's not forget the defensive line and the linebackers that Auburn has. What they're used to playing against. And the size of Oklahoma's team is not the size of a normal big SEC team that Auburn's used to play in. I mean, Oklahoma's going to score some points. I'm not saying they're getting shut out, but I think they may score and punt, maybe punt and score. So two out of four possessions, they score. Well, what about Auburn? I think Auburn can score three out of four, four out of four times. I mean, that's how crazy it can be. As long as they're getting positive yardage on first down. If Auburn gets positive yards on first down, they'll beat anybody in the country. If they start getting that second and 13 crap, it's not good for them. But as long as they play ahead of the change and Petway is, is ready to come back, and Jonathan Cameron or Carrion Johnson is a he, – remember, he was a starting running back for Auburn, and he got banged up against Mississippi State. And uh, Petway took over and stole the show. They're going to have two running backs over 1,000 yards, and neither one of them played half the season. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> when you run the ball like that, when you uh, and to think their third string running back Cam Martin might be just as good, if not better than than those two. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I I think all three running backs are going to be featured. I think John Franklin's going to get his packages. I think Sean uh, Sean White is actually going to have a couple uh, keepers on some read options. You know, Oklahoma offensively is not going to be used to the size in the front seven uh, that Auburn's going to have. They're not going to be used to playing good linebackers, uh, big linebackers, not you know undersized, you know oversized safeties essentially. Um, you know, Oklahoma's not going to be able to run the ball as well as they, as they have been all year. Nixon and Piran are, are going to have their struggles, and they're going to get bottled up. Oklahoma's going to have to hit a couple uh, big plays to have a shot in this game. They're going to have to get some turnovers um, to you know, win the field position. They've got to run the which... ball. They've got to run the ball, Jonathan, and they can't. If, if, if Nixon thinks that girl hits like a guy, what do you think Adams and Lawson going to hit like? <laughs> Uh, like Andre the Giant. <laughs> if I'm Auburn, I'm sending a goon out. I'm gonna run a play, and I'm gonna come on the sidelines where Stoops is. And I'm gonna take his. I'm gonna tear his ACL. I'm gonna tear his ACL. Dude. <laughs> now, I'm gonna talk to some players before the game, and I'm gonna give them a hundred bucks apiece. How many times they hit Bob Stoops <laughs> on the sideline? <laughs> Oh, Brian, you giving away Christmas presents. 
Yeah, because I'm going to bet a grand on Auburn, and I'm going to take that 1000 and get $100 bills in the locker room when the stoop's going down. <laughs> so here you go. Here you go, guys. Take it. It's raining. It's you know, raining cash in here tonight. You know who I think is but, uh, in their chops? Carlton yeah. Davis to face against Westbrook. And you know what I hope oh, Davis yeah. does is I hope this Play is better they did against where Alabama. I hope he talks. I hope he talks and he gets in his head. and Or what just tra- starts calling him a woman beater and all this stuff and just gets in his head and gets him frustrated. And I hope whenever Lawson or whoever hit, hits Mixon, I hope they say that's what you get, woman beater, and then just mess with their heads. Yeah, the officials are going to allow Auburn to hit late and cheap a little bit, I think, in this game for those two players. And uh, though Westbrook's wife's going to be in the stands with an Auburn jersey on, you watch. She's going to be, she's going to be hoping he breaks his arm. You know, but I mean, this is going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. Auburn's in a good bowl game. Disappointed the ending of the last two of the last three games, but that happened. This football. Um, well, once it all sets in, Johnson, you got to be happy where Auburn is, and you know you wanted Florida State to be in the championship this year, but. You know, they're playing in the Orange Bowl uh, on, what is it, December 30th. 30th. Excuse me, I've got the hiccups. December 30th, they've got the stage to themselves in the in the Orange Bowl against Michigan, a team that claims that they're the best team, that they should be in the playoff right now. But I don't think Michigan's seen a team as athletic as this Florida State team. I don't think they've seen a team with a running back as fierce as Dalvin Cook. I don't think they've seen a, a quarterback with the skills of Francois. And I don't care what I don't care what Ohio State's got. He's not as good. Woody or J T Barrett. He's not as good and athletic as Francois. Florida State has so many weapons around on offense. I'm not worried about the offense. And one thing that people forget Michigan's offense is not explosive. Florida State sometimes struggles with with teams like Louisville and teams like that that can spread you out and fly and go real fast. But Michigan can't, Jonathan. So you have an immobile quarterback playing against a very aggressive Florida State defense that likes to sack the quarterback and bring pressure from everywhere. I think Vegas missed this point spread, but I think they missed it because – of what people think. They think Michigan is that good, and they don't respect Florida State as much because of the Louisville game. Boy, oh, boy, I think Florida State can make a statement in this game and set themselves up for next year going into the season. I hope so. I really do. I mean, we lead, all right, so Florida State leads the nation in sacks, which is obviously a wonderful statistic to have. Uh, if you look at the games in which Florida State's defense struggled, it was against mobile quarterbacks, guys like uh, Chad Kelly and Lamar Jackson, Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, guy, quarterbacks who could actually move and uh, make big plays with their feet. Yeah, when, you know, Wilk Spate's not that guy. Not not even close. He's uh he 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 hangs out in the pocket. Uh, Michigan actually hasn't really been great running football this year. It doesn't really matter. Florida State's been pretty good at bottling that up. It's going to come down to the passing game because Michigan's got probably the best tight end in college football in Jake Butt. 
they have one of the best receiving corps overall uh, with uh, J.U. Chesson and Amara Amar Darbo. Uh, both those guys, I think, are uh, legitimate NFL prospects. Uh, they're both very good receivers, guys that I've been impressed with and have kept my eye on for a couple of years now. So Florida State secondary is they've they've got to come to play. Uh, Derwin James is doubtful. Um, he's not going to play. Let me just put that out there. As much as I'd love him to, um, our defensive you know Demarcus Walker he's going to try and make a statement. I expect him to get after the quarterback. Uh, you know I think he's going to get you know um, multiple sacks in this game offensively. You know we saw how speed can affect Michigan uh, with um, with Ohio State. And we saw in the Iowa game that they lost that they have a, they, they have a hard time containing the edge. Um, and that's something, you know, when Florida State runs that stretch play uh, off the right tackle, I mean, we saw how that just killed Clemson. Um, we, you know, we, 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 you know that, that was a play that just went to over and over again and resulted in big gains. I think a lot of outside running uh, from Florida State. And you know you just you know go up go big with Auden Tate go little with uh, with Kermit and uh, Nooney. I, I think Florida State's the uh, I think this is a bad matchup for Michigan. I think Florida State uh, will be the better team. Uh, and this game means a lot to you know both schools. It means a lot, but it means a lot to Florida State from the standpoint that a lot of these kids, their families are going to be there. Uh, for a number of the kids, uh, this is pretty much going to be a home game. I I, I really like the Knowles. So to win here, I think that they're just an absolute uh, wrong place, wrong time for Michigan. This is just the wrong opponent uh, for for the Wolverines. Um, and you know, for 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 Michigan, you made it to the Orange Bowl. It's a huge accomplishment considering what they were before Harbaugh got there. And now you know you're, you're looking at another another double digit win season. Um, and honestly, Dalvin's going to have something for Peppers. He's going to have some for him. He's going to sit there and go, you went to the Heisman ceremony over me? <laughs> Get ready, boy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I think, you know, you, and we're Quinn, I'm coming to you right now in just a second. I don't think people realize how big that is. You look at that situation, you look at Auburn, you got two players from Oklahoma on offense and made the Heisman finalist. If that doesn't fire a defense up and put a chip on the shoulder, nothing will. Quinn, what do you think about this Florida State Michigan game? Uh, Jonathan's gonna hate gonna hate what I have to say, but I I think I think um, Michigan's defense is too much. I I think it's gonna be a really low scoring game because Florida State's defense will be able to stop Michigan's offense, and I think Michigan's defense will do enough. Um, and uh, I expect like a 14, 10, 17, 13 type of game, uh, and I see uh, Michigan coming out on the winning side. I hope Michigan loses. I'm rooting for Florida State, but I just don't think they'll be able to get it done. Okay. And and we'll preview the other games. We have a lot of other games we're going to cover. We've got the Final Four, Ohio State, Clemson, the nightcap of New Year's Eve. Washington, Alabama, nobody's given Washington a chance. But, man, Jonathan, weird things happen when you've been off a month. When you when you hear for a month that there's no way you can beat Alabama, nobody's talking about it, nobody's predicting it, everybody's just giving it to Bama. 
that's when you have to be careful, right? Because this Washington team is very talented. They're athletic. Uh, they have a quarterback that's poised under pressure. He can make all the throws. The defense is underrated. And let's not forget about the coach for, for Washington right now. The guy knows how to win games, bowl games. And and I'm not saying Saban doesn't, but Saban's been known to, to lose some of these games where, where Peterson wins them. So does that, does that game interest you at all, Alabama, Washington? Oh, of course it does. I mean, you, know, you look at Washington, anytime you give Peterson a um, – a month to game plan for anybody. I mean, just ask, you know, Virginia Tech and Georgia and Oregon and Oklahoma and TCU. I'm not sure. There's probably other schools in there. Washington. Just just ask them what Peterson can do with time to game plan just for them and, and see what they have to say because um, yeah, Boise State won those games. Uh, you know, Peterson is an excellent coach. He, he's really good devising game plan and is finding your weaknesses and exploiting them time and time again. Um, he, he knows when to call the trick play at the right time. We saw that before, the, the Statue of Liberty, the hook and lateral. Um, I, I really I, I think this is going to be a better game than people anticipate. And more, more so, I hope this is a better game. I hope this isn't a rematch uh, or a replay of last year with, you know, Alabama-Michigan State. Uh, because I, I want to watch a good football game more than anything. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Alabama's obviously the more talented team. There's no doubt about that. I give the quarterback edge to Washington. I give the running back edge to Washington. Uh, receivers, I think, to wash. Offensive line, I think, is about even. Uh, defensive line, Alabama. Linebackers, Alabama. And uh, secondary, I think, Washington. And, and that, that just, you know, right right there, you're like, wow, this mm-hmm. should actually be a, a pretty good evenly matched uh, a game. So, well, uh, you know, Alabama obviously I think has the edge overall in the trenches, and that's usually where games are won and lost. And believe it or not, I don't think you could just give the coaching edge to Saban over Peterson. I know he's got the best team and the best talent, but Peterson is a damn good coach, especially in an underdog role. You saw what he did at Boise, and now he came to the Pac-12, and now he's playing in a Final Four. The guy knows how to coach football at all levels. Saban only won, only wins when he's got the best team, and and that's true. That's, that's honestly the truth. At LSU, they were stacked. Alabama, he's built an empire there. Peterson wins with whatever you give him, and he builds it. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to, to talk about it. Do y'all want to do a show Christmas night, or do y'all want to wait and do it following Christmas? Um, or do you want to do it Christmas Eve? I mean, was up five right now, or seven right now. You let me know. I'll try and uh, convince the family to give me the time. Uh, for my fam- I have family that surprised me that they're coming into town. I'm like, oh, wonderful. Not what I anticipated. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll talk throughout the week. I will say my, my favorite bowl game is the one Notre Dame's in. Oh, wait. Oh. That's right. Sorry, Quinn. <laughs> Sorry, Quinn. Had to throw that shot at you. Um, and as I as I start as I duck a couple socks because of uh, Notre Dame family I'm I'm around right now. Uh, they just walked in and heard that lovely. So um, yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll talk and and I'll have a better understanding of my schedule um, Friday night. 
All right, guys. Well, take care. If we don't talk to you before, have a merry, merry, merry Christmas, as Donald Trump would tell you. You know, we can say Merry Christmas now. It's okay. We can do it. Merry Christmas, Quinn. No, all this other crap. Happy holidays. Santa Claus is real. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Talk to y'all later. Merry Christmas. Hi, y'all. Go Mills.